I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Paul. And Happy New Year to you, Dave Watson. Happy New Year. Feliz Navidad and all that. All of it. Feliz Navidad. We never signed him, did we? No. We, <laughs> Feliz Navidad and Axel Legrand would make a great double pivot in the middle. <laughs> did he have How a nice you... winter break? Uh, I asked the questions. I'm the host. But yes, I did. Thank you. <laughs> um, it, it was it, it was good. It was, it was pleasant. I did injure myself uh, on Christmas Eve. Took my son to the playground. Took also my brother because family were in town. My brother was on a swing. I decided it would be hilarious to try and kick a football at his, at his head. The ground was slippy. Fell on my ribs. <laughs> Long story short, day after Boxing Day, I was um, in a Chinese uh, medicine place getting acupuncture. <laughs> wow. That's probably a better place to be than A&E at the minute. That's what I figured. It was the day after Boxing Day. It was like it took a couple of days before it became very, very plain, painful. And I convinced myself that I'd fractured my rib. And internet research said, well, there's not a lot you can really do, but it was very painful. And I thought, well, A&E seems like the worst possible place to go now for them to just say, well, there's nothing we can do to wait 40 hours for that, but it was very painful. So I thought I'd just dip in, try some Chinese medicine. Got the <laughs> function, it was quite relaxing, don't know if it helped. I was so desperate, I let her um, sell me some, uh, some herbal pills. Wondered where that was going. Yeah. <laughs> I let her... A couple of days later, did some, got paranoid, did some research, found out that... Um, quite a high chance that there's like toxins in them. I mean, I could die, but, you know, kept on taking them. <laughs> Fucking hell. Wow. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my story. It's good. It's a good story. story. And I'm sticking to it. Yeah. We didn't do anything particularly exciting. Our boiler fucked. That was about did it. it. Yeah. Fuck. My bank balance, hard, dry. Um, it was, yeah, We. long story short, I'm now in a protracted email chain of complaints with British Gas because uh, I'm not happy with the service that I've received. It's cost a fortune. And speaking of not being happy with the service being received. <laughs> yes, I've got a, a Twitter comment here from uh, Paul M., uh, this is referring to our last podcast, which was uh, just before Christmas. He says, intro was painful. I'd sooner Newcastle won a throw-in than England won the World Cup. 
if Fergus feels that strongly, I don't think he should be hosting the podcast. Um, well, just for you, Paul, we're going to start with a half an hour section on the World Cup. <laughs> After we've done five minutes on ribs and boilers. Yeah. <laughs> but rather win a throw-in. He'd rather Newcastle want a throw-in. I would like the situation where that came up. You're at a crossroads. Either England win the World Cup or Newcastle win a throw-in. I'm going throw-in, please. I'll take I'll take throw-in, please, Bob. We've had a good day, but we'll go with a throw-in. We'll go with a yeah. throw-in. Thank you very much. <laughs> we've, had, yeah, we've had a lovely day out. Okay. So, well, Newcastle have won a lot more than a throw-in this season. Uh, since the last podcast, we've progressed in the, the Carabao Cup. We've, on Boxing Day, which I always feel like, in my memory, we always do bad on Boxing Day, but we got a 3-0 win. Mm-hmm. And since then, we've had two nil-nils, which in and of themselves don't sound that much fun. But what that does mean is that we've, it's now like nine hours or something since we've conceded. It's basically a long-haul flight. Yeah, I think if you look at those three league games, Leicester away, Leeds at home, Arsenal away, I th- I would have thought we'd get three points out of those, maybe four. We've come out with five. Mm-hmm. So it's, to come out with five points and not conceding. The form, the form we were in, I, I can't remember what I predicted, but I think I was expecting a, a win against Leicester and a win against Leeds. I'm not... Disappoint. I'm not upset that we didn't beat Leeds, but I was like, I think maybe I was being optimistic. I was expecting six points from them three games, mm. but you know, good performances. I think what you what I was looking at is that Leicester were on were in really really good form. I think they'd won like unbeaten in six or something like that with a good sprinkling of wins throughout. And Leeds, Leeds are the type of team that this Newcastle side is going to struggle against because they are so high energy. So, like they are, they do press relentlessly. And while Wilson was not fully fit, while St. Maximum wasn't in the team, there's not as much goal threat um, without them. And so I'm, I'm really happy with five points from those three games and we're still unbeaten. And we've got, like you say, nine hours since we conceded. It's, it's all good news. It's all good news. The Leicester performance is a candidate for best performance of the season, right, Paul? I mean, we would, we would. Really, the thing is, I would know if I'd been minutes. able to watch the game. I was at the in-laws for Boxing Day, and just having to check my phone under the table. Right. From the highlights, it looked pretty frigging good, though. Dave, the Leicester performance. <laughs> this is the problem the with Leicester, Christmas The games. Leicester first half, basically. I mean, we were coasting after half an hour. I mean, we were coasting after about fifteen minutes. But yeah, um, I think I think the the shell shock um, they suffered from that early barrage was that it did for them. The, the game was over before they they really got off the bus. Um, it was, it, was nice, nice and it, was see, also... it was nice to see that Almiron's stunning form has not been halted by the World Cup. And and what a goal. Like genuinely, what a beautiful goal to watch. All started with, with Bruno down on the halfway line, you know, winning the ball back, turning the player, lofting a lovely ball over to Trippier. Trippier sends Almiron down the wing, cuts back off, just the whole thing. That's that's the kind of football that I don't think we would have seen under, certainly under Bruce, certainly under Benitez, but that's really good football. It was so much fun to watch that game. And Joel Linton getting a goal, you know, from a from a, a corner. Yeah, lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. I think in the second half, we just, we just game managed in the second half. There wasn't a lot of, there wasn't as much endeavour. There were still a couple of chances, but we just, the game was won. So we just, you know, yeah, a foot off the gas a bit. put some subs on with thirty minutes to go. It was a very. It wasn't. It ended up being not a massively entertaining game, but only because it was 
such a simple affair. But I would say that last night's match, because it's most recent in our memories, that's what we should really talk about. And I, mm. I found it uh, very entertaining, Paul. Did you? Oh, Paul's gone quiet. I was on mute. I think the weird thing about last night's game was the build-up for me. I've not had that feeling, I think, since we had Man U in the FA Cup semi-final of, like, this is a huge game and we're involved in it. Actually, you know, the Pardew season where we finished fifth, I guess. It was very odd to be tense because we're going into a massive game and we're actually part of the story. It's not like not, under Rafa. Not, not a massive like, relegation yeah, and it's not like we could upset a team against the odds here. It's sort of like this is a this is going to be an indicator of where we are in this league. So I find myself more nervous just throughout the day than I have been for any game in ages. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a real two attacking sides going at each other kind of end-to-end game. And I think it's fair to say it wasn't. It wasn't, was it, Dave? No, I mean, we were... We were in real, uh, real trouble. I think I said on the the WhatsApp group that we've just got to get twenty minutes without conceding, because at the minute we are under the cosh. I mean, the early the early stage of the game, it looked like Saka had um, Dan Byrne on toast. It looked like Martinelli was was finding all kinds of space on the left, but. One of the best things, one of the better things about Eddie Howe is that he will make changes mid-game to the system, to the tactics, to whatever, to address issues that he sees on the pitch. And very quickly, we we dropped our midfielders back and just covered those areas, and that's when we started to get a foothold in the game. I found it very entertaining. It wasn't really like um, neither side really excelled attacking-wise, across the 90 minutes. It felt like more of a tactical battle. And Yeah, it's uh, hard to know how much we nullified each other and how much just all our creative players just had an off game. I think I think that's definitely the case. I, I was speaking to a friend who um, is prone to this kind of thing. He, he asked if, um, if maybe Bruno Gumiaris was... Uh, um, maybe he's starting to believe his own hype. Maybe we've overhyped him and he's not the player that we thought he was because he said in the last couple of games, he hasn't been the the star man that, that we've kind of grown to expect. But I think like Paul says, it's just, um, I think it's just that the last two opponents have made it very difficult for Bruno to play the game that he has been. Um, so that's why we haven't seen him as an attacking force in the last couple of games. I think it was Dan Byrne in the post-match interview, it was certainly one of our players, was saying that we were trying our best, but they were very clever in the way Arsenal were playing, that their midfield was moving around a lot. So we were struggling to play our usual pressing game. So, I think as well, Arsenal were the best team I've seen at playing through our press. They were like, it was just very one touch getting out. Easy. I don't mm. think our press really. There was that Ramsdale moment where, is it Wilson closed him down? Nearly yeah, down the ball. Yeah. I think that's the only time I can remember our press being. It's normally a lot more effective than that, but I think that's a lot to do with just how technically good are. I think they're, they're the best team we'll come up against at playing through a press. Like I say, I don't think any Arsenal player great game, and that may have been partly down to how well we played defensively. Yeah, but I think that in the way, you know, as a team, I think that they were very good. Yeah, as as were we. We were like, I think Sass or someone on Twitter compare it, make the comparison. The, the idea that since Kieran Trippier has been in the side, we've gradually sort of turned into Atletico Madrid. <laughs> I quite like that. In the, the, we've just become very difficult to play against, and the fact that we've gone so long without conceding a goal, playing against some top sides in that time, just shows that we not only have we got a well-drilled defence, but we're also we've, we've remarked on it before. We're just excellent shit houses. 
yeah. I think as well, if you'd looked back at the end of the Bruce era, like how many goals we were conceding, if you said, okay, we're going to bring in Eddie Howe and look at his Bournemouth record, you would never have believed we would end up having the best defence in the Premier League halfway through the season. No. Just, it, that was the huge question mark over Eddie. It wasn't even a question mark. It was sort of a fact that Eddie Howe's teams don't defend well. There was no sort of can they. It just wasn't in his skill set, really. I think there was something that Eddie Howe said in the post-match presser where he said um, last season we would have found a way to concede under that pressure, you know, towards the mm. end of the game. He said, we would have found a way to concede. And if you look at the like the big save that um, that Pope made against, I think it was in Ketia, um, mm, in the yeah. dying like, last 10 minutes or something, like it was it's one of those where it was uh, a save that needed to be made. It wasn't a spectacular save. It was just a good Premier League standard save. But I think that that's that, like... That had that chance fallen to Nketiah against Darlow or Dubravka, I wouldn't have been as confident if we were trying to see out the game with Lascelles on the pitch and, you know, uh, Fabian Cher. One of them would have made a rash challenge and, and or made a mistake or something. But every single player on that pitch did their bit to make sure that we got through that 90 minutes without conceding. Yeah, I think what's more remarkable is that that... that was the best chance they probably got and that they didn't get more and better chances and that is down to the team as a whole. The one thing we should probably talk about since it's sent Arsenal fans and, and Arteta mental is the um, the two penalty shouts. I imagine we're all agreed on both of them, Paul. The handball, no way. The shirt pull, yes. Agreed. I think Dave. pretty obviously. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I broadly agree with that. I also think that if the shirt pull on Dan Byrne in the f- was it the first half, I think if you know if, if you give that as a penalty, the Dan Byrne one, you would have had to have given the, the, the one that Dan Byrne um, committed. Um, so it could have been a bit of like evening up there. I, I don't. End of the day, if they're if they're kicking up a fuss about a team with man for man weaker players than you see on their team, shit in their way to a nil nil, they're directing their anger in the wrong wrong place. They should be annoyed at their own team for failing to break down break us down. I tell you what, there's probably a lot more to say about uh, the refereeing of that match. Mm. And there's probably a couple more things to say about the game, and there's certainly more to be said about the week ahead. So let's have a quick break, and then uh, we'll talk more on the rest of that. See you in a moment. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Good break, guys. Yeah, yeah, I fixed my headphones, so hopefully they're not clunking. Good, good news. Got a question here from Simon Rayner. He says, do you think the ref had new cards for Christmas and wanted everyone to see how proud he was of the shiny new cards? <laughs> do you think the ref lost the game early on and had no choice but to dish out cards left, right and centre? Seems like a fair summary, doesn't it? Yeah, I like the Christmas theory, but I think the second one is correct which it was a shame especially for the way i think we'd have played more aggressively had it not been for those yellows of which i think maybe one or two were actual bookings but our pressing Mm. game the wilson one i don't think was a yellow really it just looked like he'd left it in really late the joe linton one was a really good tackle that somehow he's given a yellow for 
Yeah, I could see how that was missed, that it was a really good tackle. Because watching it live, my first response was, ooh, that's foul. Yeah, but you don't think that's a yellow? Maybe not. I, I don't think any of any of the yellows that I can remember in isolation, obviously that was the wrong decision. I don't think any of them in isolation were like terrible decisions. It was just a case of like refereeing the game quite badly and not sensing. Yeah. Well, if you if you dish out if you start dishing out yellows early on, mm. the things that are not terrible cynical fouls, they're just mistimed tackles. Then you 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 create a rod, a rod for your own backs and you can like ruin a game. Right? Especially with two teams who both play quite fast, high pressing football who are gonna mm. inevitably be a bit late. It's one of those you let a few go and then if it keeps happening, you have a word with the captains and tell them like it stops. I mean there. I, I mean I did see the um uh Maidley have a conversation with Trippier around about the half hour mark because we got about three yellow cards within the space of about three minutes um and I, I did see him have a word but at that point like you say I think he's just lost control I think it was just a, a bit too big of a game for him um and he, just, he didn't know how to handle it properly I don't think the I don't think it necessarily changed the game because I think both managers had set up their side to play a certain way and that that meant that it was going to be a war of attrition. I mean, these were the two meanest defences in the league coming up against each other. I think it set it up uh, by what by one stage we had Almiron, Joe Linton, Wilson and Bruno all on a booking and that's got to affect the enthusiasm with which you can press. It's funny seeing the reaction post-game. I mean, it always amazes me and shouldn't at all. I'm just incredibly naive. Just how biased football fans are. Just, yeah. just the the goggles that they watch it through. Because, I mean, a lot of Arsenal fans were... And to be fair, they're the side that had the, the two big penalty shouts in the game and had their manager going absolutely mental about them. But that they were just so certain that the referee was had driven a dreadful performance. Uh, many of them thought for corrupt reasons and anti-Arsenal yeah. reasons and pro Newcastle Saudi reasons or whatever. It's just so absurd because <laughs> I mean we were the ones who got like those three early bookings and. Just, I think the best Arsenal take I saw was on Twitter. With the, have you seen the one about Saka? There's some Arsenal fan complaining that it's against the spirit of the game for Saka to constantly have three players around him for the tackle him. <laughs> I did, I did see that, and it was part of a thread. It was part of a thread in which they also, I think it was the same. Yeah, it was the same thread where they also went into what was the referees. Andy Madley. Mm. They went into his history and how, like, he had been in like the RAF or something, and their (laughs) base, their base for three, their base for three years. For three years, he was in a base where their nearest ground was Newcastle. So he probably developed. Oh, it's a smoking gun. It's a smoking gun. Newcastle. It said that he grew up in. Uh, Yorkshire and historically the only Premier League team ever from Yorkshire is Leeds. (laughs) So he's a Leeds fan and Leeds have a rivalry with Arsenal. But it was so absurd that I I genuinely thought I think it was actually quite good. Quite a a good... I think it was a satire kind of... I think it was some kind of... If not, I think he's an Arsenal fan, not parodying anyone i think he's just fishing i think it was so i mean if he really means it then hats off you are in the top 10 mentalist people i've (laughs) (laughs) but i think it was so absurd he had to be fishing but who knows it it brings to my mind my reaction to leeds in the game previous, they came to St. James's Park, 
spoiled the game, niggly fouls, time wasting, and all the shit that we pulled it against Liverpool and against Arsenal. I wasn't angry at Leeds. I, I totally understand it. They, at that time, in their moment, they need to bring us down to their level, just like we had to do. So I don't begrudge them it. And there's no fucking conspiracy. There's no corruption. Well, there might be, but it doesn't benefit. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily benefit us. It's just, like, it's just fucking football. It's it's yeah. ridiculous. It's yeah. fine. I think if we bribe the referee, then I think Eddie Howe has a case to go to the referee at the end of the game and say, like, I don't really feel like we got our money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> Can um, we get that brown envelope back? Yeah. We should uh, we should talk about Arteta and Eddie Howe, I guess, because at the end of the game, they had a little, what do you want to call it, confrontation. A lover's tiff. I- I love us. I mean, this this was hardly like Wenger and Mark Hughes, was it? This was like no. I guess what I want to talk about is just in case there's anything to be said about it. Just it's just quite funny how animated Arteta has become. Like on, like it's essentially this. I think everyone in British English football has got because it's January now. We're seeing it like it's January in a normal season, but it's not. We're only like 17, 18 games in. Mm. Whereas Arteta's like acting like there's 10 games to go and he's like losing it already. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That's actually interesting. Is is the pressure of leading, being top of the league, is it getting to him? Because it's not like anybody's putting a great deal of pressure on them. Like, Man City aren't sniffing down, like, what do you call it? Breathing down their necks. Sniffing down their necks. That's yeah. a fucking creepy yeah, thing horrible, to do on the <laughs> I think, actually, when you think about it, and it'll be interesting to see if Eddie Howe turns into this, because I've never seen it from him. But is there a top manager in recent years who isn't like that? Well, Klopp's Klopp, like that. Look at our Klopp game against like that. Guardiola can be like that. Mourinho certainly could be like that. I think Eddie Howe's aggression has the awkwardness of contestants trying to trash talk on the Great British Menu. <laughs> it's just, you don't quite believe it. Is that, oh, yeah, that's, don't that's, get that specific reference. That's a good no. start, mate. I'm sure they'll like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bit of shit. It's like accountants talking dirty. I just don't buy it. Well, he's, I haven't seen him attempt trash talk. He sort of kills you with kindness. Yeah, that's but, the first time I've seen him angry at another manager. But, but even then, it lasted like it was a flat. It was more that he was saying, like, how was telling him to calm down, and then Arteta said something, and how said, like, whoa, that's, you know, that's too far or something. It, it wasn't even, and I'll fucking have you. It was just... We've all had a drink. Let's all just calm down. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Pindle, to see... Pindle's the one you got to watch for. Yeah, he's a it'll, mentalist. It'll be interesting to see if Eddie Howe, as the season progresses, if we find ourselves in a tight battle for fourth place or um, in a cup final. Wouldn't that be nice? It'll be mm. interesting to see if he starts to feel some kind of pressure because at the moment he's like. He must be the manager in the league under the least amount of pressure <laughs> because he's already overperforming. He's he, he's loved by the club and the fans. I think uh, if he is dealing with the pressure, it seems to be, and this feels a bit harsh, he's possibly dealing with it through comfort eating based on his appearance post-Christmas. <laughs> Potentially. I thought I, I was wondering whether to mention that, but I, I feel like we shouldn't fat shame. Sort of fat shaming, but he could just be wearing two jackets. We don't have his chins squeezing up his neck. (laughs) (laughs) um, One thing I wanted to I'd say one probably a similar weight. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Joe Linton's big chance. Real shame we could have nicked it. Uh, I think Fabian Shaw had a decent chance, could have nicked it there. And. Jamal Lascelles getting the yellow card when he wasn't even oh, on the edge for the yes. second time. Oh, about that. 
Unbelievable. Yes, sorry, I spoke over you, Dave. For the second time in the season, Jamal Lasalle Lassell, has two bookings this season, both of them from trying to uh, disrupt uh, a throw-in whilst being an unused sub. It is phenomenal. And I, I would love to see him get to a suspension, get the five yellows. Just from Even just, yellows. I want Even a red. Like two yellows. Yeah, two two yellows as an unused sub. That's what yeah. I want. By the end of the season. What happens if you if you're a sub and you get red carded? There's no like batshit law that we have to take a player off, is there? No. But it means you can't come on and it means you're suspended, I think, for the next mm-hmm. game. Yeah. I, I don't it's even that you'd lose a substitution do you know what I mean I think it's just that that player's not available to be brought on so right. we should, last so game example, of the season then he's got to do it just two foot a ball boy yeah it's funny that that is a rule that we have to think about now <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's part of our like Atletico Madrid tactics it's like okay we're into injury time they're taking a throw in Go and warm up over there, Jamal. But this is what we never used to be able to do, is just releasing pressure on ourselves and putting pressure on the opposition through those sort of dark arts. Like Fabian Cher, anytime he's stuck up for a corner and there's a quick counter-attack happening, he develops a mysterious head injury that needs immediate attention. And there's a few incidents like that, just players staying on the floor. Because I think that's where Arsenal are at their most dangerous when they turn over possession and we just stopped it every time. And we were doing a lot of, um, I guess, Man City style fouls, you know, just yeah. like yeah. To, to stop the break. Mm-hmm. Which well, should they should round. all be bookings, I think, in future. Shush, they might be listening. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember which journalist it was. But one of them making a point for like that should be a penalty. I think that would, that would be interesting. <laughs> Theo Penn says we're clearly very hard to beat and very good defensively. Was Wilson poor or was he just isolated? If the latter, what do we need to do to change this against top teams? Isaac could have a massive role for us to make this difference when fit. What do you think? Dave. Um, I think Wilson's still getting back to fitness. I think the last two opponents that we've had, um, well, Wood started against Leeds. I think Arsenal were just really fucking good. Um, to get him more on the ball, we need to be playing further up the pitch, which means that we have to be less afraid of their counter-attack. I think in the next two games, we've got Chef Wed and Leicester in the cups, I'd play Wilson in both of them for at least 60 minutes and then bring on Isaac if he's fit. Then we'll start to see Wilson getting getting more involved. I, I don't I don't think it's like I don't think he was poor. I just in the same way as that, I don't think Bruno was poor. I just think Arsenal are really fucking good. A player who I would like to think we'll get a start on Saturday against Sheffield Wednesday, and I think who's worth discussing is uh, Saint Maximin. Yeah. Paul, what do you, what do you think about? It's him? a weird What's like going on with his his career. He's such a good player. He's only started four games, but he's still our second highest assister in the league. But you. I thought it was quite telling when Almiron came off last night and we brought on Murphy instead of St. Maximin. Like Eddie Howe doesn't trust him tactically in games where we're going to be under the cosh. It's sort of clear. I think selection-wise, really, last night's lineup was right for the Arsenal game, but wrong for the Leeds game, where we, we needed that bit of extra creativity. I think... If we're not using St. Maximin for those sort of games, not starting with him, then you sort of think, what's the point in having him in the squad? Like, is he going to just be a cut player and a sub? I think he's... It's a shame for him as well, because his best game, possibly, in the Newcastle shirt was the Man City game, and he tore Kyle Walker apart. 
but then we concede three goals in that game. I think the problem with not having St. Maximin as well is it means you either have Joe Linton or Joe Willock playing as a left-sided forward. And I think our creativity drops a lot. I think Wilson's poor service last night is as much down to those two being our sort of left-winger. Yeah. I mean, not to get too stat nerd, but St. Maximum, despite only having four starts, still leads the team in shot-creating actions and goal-creating actions, which can either be dribbles, a shot of his own, a pass, whatever. He's He is... He remains our like most dangerous attacking threat, even though you know Almiron's been in fine form. I think, I think against lesser teams, anyone, anyone like outside the top six, I think you can play him. But you'd need Joe Linton in that midfield space, and his job would be just to destroy. I think if we go off and sign a proper true blue defensive midfielder, you could have. Joe Linton and Bruno ahead of him, yeah, and and St Maximum can almost be like given that bit of a free reign. It also mean that we could play a more attacking fullback than Dan Byrne. I just, if somebody came in for like thirty five, forty million pound for for St Maximum, I'd take it, um, because I don't think the I don't think we're in dire need of the unexpected answer to a, pro- a problem. Mm. I think we're coming up with good answers to problems as we are. It's a weird one. I was was going to say... say Oh, no. Go on, Paul. There you go. So I was going to say... Go on, you you alpha it. You alpha it, Paul. You go through. Don't worry. You win, (laughs) top dog. As you say, St. Maximin feels more like a Newcastle player, but Almiron feels much more like an Eddie Howe player. And the sort of person he wants involved. I don't I don't know if I can see a future. I don't think his game's gonna change enough for Eddie Howe to trust him, but then if we're gonna need a that squad depth, it might not necessarily be a problem. I think unless Sir Maxman is itching to go, I wouldn't take 35, 40 million for him. Because I think all the attributes that you said, Dave, I think he offers a lot. And I think as the season goes on, as we get into uh, next season and hopefully play in Europe, I think Perch finding another player like that is going to be difficult. I think he offers a lot. And I think as the season goes on, we'll go through periods. I think Eddie Howe is very, when, when we're on a run of form, I think he's very loyal to the, starting lineup that we have i mean when yeah when bruno came to the club it was quite a long time before he got in the side and it was just because uh from what i remember it was joe linton longstaff and shelby or joe linton longstaff and was that it i think so longstaff and willick basically that we had three players who up until that point were not playing well were suddenly playing very well as a midfield trio and we were getting results. Uh, Eddie Howe was loyal to them, and I think at the moment he might not he might not have foreseen Saint Maximin not getting as many starts as he has this season. But he's we're on such a run of form. He's loyal to those players, and I think that'll that'll change as the season goes on. There'll be a lot of games to play, and yeah, I think yeah, I think that's fair enough. Mm-hmm. I think he, he does offer a lot, and uh, I'd be sad to see him go. It'd be interesting oh, to see what happens. Willock looked like he picked up a bit of a knock last night as well. Mm. I think if he Was has, that not then... just cramp or like quote unquote cramp. Well, he came off for it, I think, didn't he? Yeah, but I think as well, Joel Linton. The the frustrating thing about Joel Linton and Willock playing that sort of switching centre mid left wing thing which even though it seems to be working Jolinton we've sort of seen he's just so much better in the centre than he is out wide he still gets a nosebleed sort of half the time when he's running into the box I think he's much more of a benefit to the team in the centre 
I also so think got- that Willock is much better out wide because he he's I think he's a lot faster than people give him credit for, a lot faster with the ball. And he I've got more faith with him pushing into the box, driving into the box than I do Joe Linton, because there were a couple of opportunities where Joe Linton did break into the box and you just figured, well, he's gonna try and pull it back or you know, you, you yeah. didn't have I didn't have any faith in him to do it. I thought when Wood got through even though he was, you know, it ended up that he was offside. It was like, he, he didn't take the shot. He didn't do anything. Uh, Wood's got to go soon. He's got to go soon. So we've got two cup games coming up now. Uh, the mm-hmm. first is against Sheffield Wednesday away in the FA Cup. Our first appearance in the FA Cup this season. Sheffield Wednesday are actually a very good form, as I understand it. Although, yeah. Uh, leagues below um, and then next Tuesday night we're in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup against Leicester I'm fortunate enough to be going to the game I cannot wait um, Only I'm only just starting to comprehend that it's actually quite a big tie we're only we've just beaten Leicester 3-0 mm-hmm. and we're two games away from Wembley and we're in yeah. a season I mean I don't want to get too excited but we are in a season where we've only lost once. We've played Man City and Arsenal and got draws out of those games. I mean, this is, must be our best chance of winning a cup in a long time. Because in the past, there's been other times when we've got to like a quarterfinals or something. But then you think like, well, you can dream. But really, if we come up against a top four side, we've got no chance. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, oh, we are actually, we can compete. So it, I'm going to offer to you, let's see if you agree. I think if we're going to rest players, which I think is probably a good thing to do and get, give some other players some run out, we should do that in the FA Cup tie against Sheffield Wednesday and against Leicester against Carabao in the Carabao Cup we should play our strongest side yeah yeah definitely yeah without that I don't think that's controversial at all I think even even a much changed side should be able to put away Sheffield Wednesday for all you know they're doing really well in the in League One they're doing really well in League One so even you know even like Murphy and Wood and, and, and players like that, they should have the quality to, to beat Chef Wed. But less than perhaps Elliot Anderson will get a run out. I'd love to yeah. see that. Something um, needs to happen with him. It feels like maybe not letting him go out and loan was a mistake. He felt a lot closer to the first team earlier than he does now. He seems mm. behind Jacob Murphy in the pecking order somehow. Certainly- Certainly, if we make a couple of signings in January, I could see him going out alone then. If St. Maximin doesn't start against Sheffield Wednesday, oh, Sheffield, he, he, would, he would tear them apart. He would destroy them. I think it'll be Wood, St. Maximin, Murphy, front three, probably. Or an Anderson in maybe for Murphy. I'd love to see... I know he's supposed to be going off on loan, but I'd love to see Garan Kual just have a, a little... Cameo in the League Cup against against uh, in the FA Cup against Chef Wed. Is he eligible? He on them. Uh, I don't know if he's got his work permit or not. I've got no idea. But bear in mind that he he went from being a fringe player at uh, West Coast Mariners to being uh, in the first team, and he's represented his nation at the World Cup. You'd think that he's got a good chance of getting his work permit, if not, you know by default, then on appeal, because he's clearly got... If he's getting picked for the Australian national side at the World Cup, you'd if fancy them. If he's allowed, I'd love to see him. Today, I happened to come across a YouTube video of him playing against Barcelona in what surely was a friendly. And, you know, it was some highlighted clips. Have you seen that? him against Barcelona? Yeah. It did get me horny. It was very, it was very exciting. Just be interested to see what level we loan him out to. Because I think Hearts are interested. I don't like. I don't see the the value in sending 
uh, a player, like an attacking player to the Scottish leagues. I'd much prefer you send them to the champion, like the championship or league one, because they tend to be a higher standard of um, like technical ability while still having the physicality. Yeah. Us, you- learn, us learning players to the Scottish league has, has not gone well in recent years. I mean, Matty's oh, done like- I think we did, didn't we? Elliot Anderson, did he ever go up to Scotland? Feels like we've done some, but yeah, I think point taken. Matty Longstaff, Harris Vukic. Oh, Matty Longstaff's out for the season. Did you hear this? His knee. Yeah, sad to see. But his brother, who would have yeah. thought his brother is uh, holding down a place in um, mm. the Saudi Newcastle side. We've sent uh, Joe White off to Exeter on loan. To play for the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah not just to... We've loaned him to the city. <laughs> We've sent him off to Exeter to have a look at the cathedral. <laughs> Exeter are currently just going, shit, we've not got them anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah. There's so, uh, one more thing about transfers. Yes, um, there's strong, strong uh, reports that we are signing um, Ivan Fresneda, Fresneda. I don't know. Basically, a uh, a right back, a young right back. Um, there's reports that he's already said goodbye to his his teammates, and he's on his way here. Where does he play? What teammates? No, but what what club does he play for? Where's he from? Uh, in shit. Spain, but, isn't it? Yeah, was it um, Fresneda? It's um, it sounds a bit like Felice Navidad. He's real, I promise you. And of course, my computer's frozen. Okay, uh, oh, Ivan he, he he sounds got, good. Yeah. He sounds good. <laughs> no, he's, he's like a special player. Uh, Real Valadid, Valadid. All right, Valadid. Where is he on the Dave Watson specialometer? Uh, he's 18 years old. I don't know enough about him. All the stats seem that he's okay defensively, but he's made so few appearances. There's nothing really to go on. Um, so he's a very special player. That's what we want to hear. I don't know. If, I just, this is just, I can't dwell on this, but it's just come to my mind. Again, just pissing around on the internet. I don't know if this is true. <laughs> <laughs> this is not be a good way to it's start. Not, it's not flat. It's a. This is not going to be. It's not flat. <laughs> it sounds like I'm about to talk about chemtrails. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I forget his name. I need to look up again. I think I, it's the Bournemouth right back who's like made a number of appearances this season. His wage is three hundred and seventy-five pounds a week. He's the lowest-paid player in the Premier League. And he's like, yeah, but he's not like 17. He's like 23 or something. Like, oh. How could that be true? I would be very pissed off if that was him. <laughs> like he, re- he was on that salary last season and then like re-signed in the summer on the same salary for £375 a week. Sack your agent. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's a billionaire and just doing it for like the fun. For the lols. Anyway, yeah, they're, well, there's some completely unco- incomplete information from the internet. <laughs> um, so we've talked about the next two games. Let's just do a quick uh, couple of um, predictions just for the fuck of it. Dave, Sheffield Wednesday, what's your prediction of the score? Just give us the score. 2-0. Two, nil. two to us. To Newcastle. 1-1, one, unwanted replay. I just think, like, considering how low we're prioritising that game, I think it's going to be hard for the team to not subconsciously do the same. And I've still got, I've still got Cambridge from last season in my mind. We're never good in the third round. I am shook. I'm going to be all positive and say three 0 I think there's so much positivity, positivity around the club, and I, I would like to think that Eddie Howe will be saying to them, look. We've got a chance to win something this season, to go out there and and put us in the bag for the next round. 
<laughs> is it a bag uh, anymore? I no. don't know. And uh, the next uh, match, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, Leicester City in the Carabao Cup, cannot wait. Although I did realise that I have only really given myself uh, network work rail to a two-hour gap to get me there. So basically, basically if, if my train is more than two hours late... I will miss the kickoff. So, well, good luck. <laughs> would it be? Have worth you been reading trying... the news about trains a lot lately? <laughs> would it be worth trying to find a um, a lift from other London-based Newcastle fans, or a magic lamp? Be all right. Could be all right. And uh, what's your prediction on the score? Well, I'm still. Was it Leicester you did? Uh, it was Palace you had the extensive scouting of earlier. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? It'll be fine. Oh, yeah. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I was thinking that was Leicester. <laughs> but I think they look pretty abject when we played. I don't think it'll be 3 0 again. I'm going to go 2 0. Dave? 2 0 again. I think this one will be 1 1 and extra time. Mm. I think it'll get edgy. Are you getting the train home after it? No. I was going to say, you don't want extra time. No. Staying the night. With a, in a Chinese mess of sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, let's leave it there. Thank you so much for all that you do. Uh, <laughs> to our troops. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. To, this one goes out to the troops. Thank you, Dave Watson. Thank you, Fergus. Thank you, Paul Doolan. Thank you. Thank you to you, the Newcastle Natter listener. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply